listening to the audio podcast of Kingsport First Assembly. If you would like more information about our church or you would like to plan a visit to be part of an upcoming service, we invite you to go to our website at k1church.com. Now, here's this week's podcast. things that we don't normally like to think of in terms of, of Christianity. We, uh, it's not something that we necessarily aspire to. It's not something that we wake up today and say, man, I'm going to get me some endurance today. Most of the time when we think of Christianity, we think in terms of excitement. We want to experience exciting in our life, and we, we want exciting things happen. We want an exciting word. We, we want exciting moves, and I get every bit of that, and I'm right on board with you. But, you know, the truth of the matter is there's times when we need some endurance in our life. Everything in life is not going to be exciting. That's not to say that excitement's not important to us because it is. It's not to say that we should not want exciting moments in our life and exciting seasons because we, we do. And it's not to say that excitement is not important because we know that it, excitement is a good thing. Say that with me, would you? Excitement is a good thing. Boy, you're all quiet today. Excitement is a good thing. But sometimes you're going to go through circumstances in life that aren't exciting. And when you do, what you need for those moments, what you need for those seasons is endurance. So here's the definition of endurance. Endurance is the ability to remain active for a long period of time as well as the ability to resist, to withstand to recover from and have the immunity to trauma, to wounds, and fatigue. How many of you think we need endurance? Someone else defined endurance as the fact or the power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. Now, there are several words that are translated either endure or endurance in the Bible. The main one is the word hupomeno, which simply means to bear under, to bear courageously. It denotes remain, to stand one's ground, to hold out, to endure in trouble, affliction, or persecution. So what does all that mean? It simply means that when you go through something that's not pleasant or exciting, you just you keep on. You keep on. And everyone needs endurance. Every marriage needs endurance. Every relationship needs endurance. Every church needs endurance. Every Christian needs endurance. Why? Because sometimes life is unpleasant. Sometimes life is not exciting. And we can be tempted during those times and during those seasons to become weary and we can even be tempted to give up. None of us like those kind of circumstances. None of us like those seasons that suggest the need for endurance, but nonetheless, I'm telling you, you need endurance in your life. And I think it's interesting that the Bible speaks a great great deal about endurance. Let me give you a few examples of what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 12, 12, this is a scripture you know of. Verse number 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Now that chapter falls on the heels of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is that chapter in the Bible that we tend to look to when we want examples of faith. When we want to preach on faith, when we want to be encouraged to walk by faith, we go through Hebrews chapter 11 where it talks about why faith is important. It tells us what faith is, and then it gives us all these examples of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is that chapter we call Faith's Hall of Fame because these are the people who live by faith, and they serve as examples for us. But if you read Hebrews chapter 11, what you really see when you start talking about faith is endurance. We see those who didn't give up in the face of great struggles and great suffering, but rather they stood. And then you got Hebrews chapter 12 that comes along as a reminder of those faithful who have gone before us, those who endured some things that are unimaginable to you and I. And then the the writer of Hebrews says, therefore, let you and I endure. They endured, so let you and I endure. Another scripture that comes to mind is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You know another way of, of quoting that scripture? And I'm not doing any injustice to this. I'm just telling you what it really means. I can endure all things. I can endure hard things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. I can go through the hard things and I can survive them. Endurance is the ability to continue pursuing doing what is right before God despite our feelings, despite our fatigue, despite our frustrations, and in spite of any pressure to grumble or to crumble under the load. We just we keep on. And we're able to do that when we look to the Lord and we find our strength in Him. So last Sunday I gave you a scripture from the book of Isaiah. It says this, said, Even the youths, those who are young, shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And that's just another word saying they endure. Those who wait upon the Lord, they endure. It's scriptures like that that give us great hope, but they also reveal the obvious to us, and that is that sometimes we go through situations that we need God's strength. i got to tell you this morning, I've heard people say it for years and years and years, God will never put more on me than what I can handle. Well, he does. It's not really God who puts it on us, but you and I are going to face more than we can handle, and we need God when we can't handle it. And I got to tell you this morning, there's been a lot of things I've gone through in my life that if it were just up to me, I would have never survived it. But there's nothing greater than God. God's strength is there, and God uses those moments of of struggle, God uses those moments that require endurance to build our faith and to strengthen us and and shape our character and make us mature and even complete, as the Bible says it. Then Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, again, I'm just sharing some scriptures with you to talk about endurance. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. And that word withstand means what? It simply means to endure to bear up under it, to not give up. 
But take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to endure in the evil day. And having done all to stand, then you just stand firm. There will be days when you're simply going to have to hold on. There's going to be days when you just got to hang in there and not give up. I read a story recently about a consumer flight from Portland, Maine to Boston in the summer of 1987. And the pilot heard an unusual noise at the end of the aircraft. And the pilot's name, who is Henry Dempsey, turned the controls over to his co-pilot. And he went to the back of the plane to check it out. And when he reached the tail section, the plane hit an air pocket. And Dempsey was tossed against the rear door. And he quickly discovered the source of the mysterious noise. The door was not fastened. And Dempsey was instantly sucked out of the jet. And the co-pilot, sensing the red light on the control panel, indicated that the rear door was open, radioed the nearest airport, requesting permission to make an emergency landing. And he reported that Dempsey, the pilot, had fallen out of the plane and requested that a helicopter be dispatched to go back to the area of the ocean and search for him. And after the plane landed, the ground crew found Henry Dempsey holding on to the outdoor ladder of the aircraft. He had caught the ladder and managed to hold on for 10 minutes as the plane flew at 200 miles per hour at an altitude of 4,000 feet. And as the plane made its approach and landed, Dempsey had managed somehow or another to keep his head from hitting the runway a mere 10 inches away. According to the news reports, it took several airport personnel several minutes to pry the pilot's hands from the ladder. That's a picture of endurance. That's a picture of literally holding on. The ability to hang on when it would have been, would have been, when it would have been much easier to let go. Many people are blessed with certain attributes and they manage to do a lot of things. But I want to tell you, endurance is one of those attributes we've got to have. The ability to hang on is one of those attributes that we should aspire to. Endurance is the key that keeps us from giving up and letting go. Endurance is the power to go on in the spite of difficult circumstances. Henry Dempsey would have said, endurance is to hold on for your dear life. What you discover in life, as many of us can attest to, is that in life, sometimes starting is easier than, a whole lot easier than finishing. Starting many times is the easy part. I remember when I was a kid, I was probably about nine years old, I, I imagine. I started playing baseball, and I, I, loved playing, I, I loved playing ball. I was a shortstop. I was a pitcher. I was a first baseman. And I remember the first, one of the first times I ever went out to play to practice baseball. At the end of the practice, the coach said to us that day, now we're finished practicing. We've already done our batting practice. We've already done our, we've already done our field practicing. Now we're going to run a lap. And he got all the players lined up together. And there was this huge field right behind Howard School where we practiced ball. And he said, now, when I tell you to go, I want you to take off running and give me one lap around the field. And he, sure enough, he said, go. And when he did, man, I took out like there was no tomorrow. Halfway around the field. I didn't make it all the way around. And the reason why I didn't make it all the way around the field, because halfway around the field, I collapsed. I just, I had nothing left. 
And the coach come running over and checking on me, and he knew what was wrong with me, but, you know, I guess you got to do what looks good anyway. The problem was I didn't pace myself. I made the mistake of not understanding that this thing is not a 100-yard dash. you got to make it all the way around the field. It requires some endurance, not just your speed. And i got to tell you, when I lay there on that field, the last thing on my mind was the, ex- the excitement of playing shortstop or pitching. What was on my mind is, am I going to live? Because I was gasping for air like you would not believe. I didn't understand the principle of endurance. And I want to tell you this morning, church, the Christian life is kind of similar to that. The Christian life is a race. And I can't take credit for calling it that. The writer of Hebrews said, and, and I read you this morning from the book of Hebrews, he said, let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us. Eugene Patterson described the Christian life as a long obedience in the same direction. The truth is, serving God is a long obedience. And God's call upon our life is a life to serve Him without giving up. It's a life of endurance. Now, when Paul begins to talk about the Christian life, he uses three analogies to compare the Christian life. And he said this, the Christian life is like the life of a soldier. The Christian life is like the life of an athlete, and it's like the life of that of a farmer. Think about it for just a minute. A soldier knows that you must be aware of your enemy and that you must avoid entanglement into civilian affairs because both of them can be, can be dangerous and you've got to be watchful if you want to conquer. An athlete knows that you've got to actively train. An athlete also anticipates tiredness. And you know you've got to work if you want to be competitive. You've got to stay active. What does a farmer know? A farmer knows that you've got to work the soil and you've got to water your seed, and then sometimes you just got to wait. You've just got to wait if you want to see the crops come in, if you want to gather them. See, there are no shortcuts. Those who look for them and try them don't last, and they usually end up with with undesirable results. Not what they were hoping for, but something less than that. If you want to go the distance, if you want to finish strong, if you want to endure, there's some things that you got to keep in mind. There's some things you got to do. There's some things you got to monitor. For example, if you want to, if you want to endure, if you want to, if you want to hang in there, if you don't want to quit, if you want to finish, you got to maintain your focus. The book of Proverbs says that without a vision, people perish. What that scripture really means, it's not talking about, you know, do you know where, you know, you want to be and, and what you want to be doing as far as this or that, or, you know, do you know where you want to be numerically? Do you want to know, know where you want to be ministry-wise? Do you know where you want to be in your life professionally? He's not talking about that kind of vision. What he's talking about there, where, where there's no revelation of what God is up to, where there's no revelation as to what God can do, people will give up when they lose sight of the fact that God is in control and that God is working, they have the tendency to lose heart. That's why the Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, keep looking to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith, or the founder and the finisher of your faith. I like the Good News translation of Hebrews 12 too. It says this, Let us keep our eyes 
fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. You've got to keep our eyes on Him. You've got to maintain that focus. Because church, when you and I are going through struggles and we're, we're suffering or we're, we're going through a season that, that's a trial when, we, when we're facing difficulties, it's very easy to get your eyes off, off God and upon your circumstances. And when you get your eyes on your circumstances, just like Peter, you know, th- the Lord calls us to a life of walking on the water, but the key to walking on the water is having your eyes on Jesus, not on the water. It's not upon the obvious. It's not upon the logical. It's keeping your focus upon Him. The second thing is this. You've got to monitor your fatigue. I read recently or heard recently where a preacher made this comment. He said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. When we feel like we don't have the strength to land another punch, we may have the tendency to go into defense mode as opposed to offensive mode. There's a reason why the Bible warns us about becoming weary and doing good. And that reason is simply this. When you're doing the right thing, when you make that determination in your life to do what's right, you're going to be met with some opposition. You're going to be met with some obstacles. And that opposition, those obstacles, have a way of draining you emotionally and physically and even spiritually. That's why he said, don't give up when when that happens. Two things that God makes available to us so so that we don't give in to fatigue. One of them is a Sabbath. There's a reason why we have a Sabbath. God instituted a time of rest for all of us. There's a time when all of us need a break. The Sabbath is God's way of protecting us from the cumulative effects of living 24-7 lives. Lives of always pushing and lives of always pursuing and lives of having the need to produce all the time. A Sabbath simply says there also is a time in your life when you just need to pause. Take your little selah. Take your little breather. One of the things I have been criticized for many times, probably, you know, justly, is that sometimes when I work, I don't take appropriate breaks. I haven't learned, you know, that forever, what is it, every two hours or every three hours you work, you need a 15-minute break by law? What, what, is the, what is the law on that? Some of you know because you abide by it. You take your 15-minute breaks all the time. What is it? Every two hours, yeah. Sometimes I don't, I don't take a break, and yeah, I get my job done. But when I'm done, I'm just absolutely spent. I may walk in the house sideways, you know, because I'm hurting so bad, or this or that, or I just don't, you know. But there comes a time when you just need to, you just need to hit the pause button for a little bit. So God gives us this thing called a Sabbath, so that we can rest. But God also gives us His strength. Colossians 1.11 said this, May you be strengthened with power according to His glorious might for all endurance with patience, with joy. May you be strengthened with His glorious might. Sometimes you just got to lean into the Lord. Sometimes you just got you to go His direction and fall upon Him and when you do that, you experience endurance and you have patience, but you also have joy. I want to read that, that passage to you.
from Colossians chapter 1. I want to expand on it just a little bit. Verse 9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and the understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of Him, being strengthened, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. The message paraphrases Colossians 1.11 like this. I like this. It says, we pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of just gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It's a strength that endures that unenable and it spills over into great joy. When you feel like it's not going to end, God just gives you the endurance and He gives you joy along the way. The key to God's strength, the key is God's glory. The key is God's joy. You remember in the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah, when the people of God were called upon to rebuild the walls around the city? And the Scripture says that there was opposition to them doing a good thing. And the, the enemy was coming at them constantly, wanting to, 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 to somehow or another intimidate them and, and cause fear to come into their life. And, and the strength of the, the workers was failing. And I believe under the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Nehemiah had this great message for all the people. He said, don't lose heart, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 41, the Lord gives us his promise. He said, I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my right hand. You See, sometimes you just got to have the strength of God. Sometimes you got to have Him helping you. And where do you get that strength from? Where does it come from? Well, not only does it come from having that Sabbath and having the strength of the Lord, but God strengthens us through the Scriptures. First John chapter 2, I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. And I've written to you who are mature in the faith, those of you who are endured, because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you're strong. Listen to this. God's Word lives in your hearts and you have won the battle with the evil one. See, the key is God's Word being in our heart. Deuteronomy tells us this, Therefore, be careful to obey every command that I'm giving you, listen, so that you may have strength to go in and take over the land that you're about to enter. You need the Scriptures in your life, church. We need those in our life because in the Scriptures we find strength. There's been more than one time in my life when I've been at my wit's end because I've become self-willed. Because I thought I knew how to do it. And I, you know, I depended upon whatever I had, my experiences in life and whatever I'd studied and, you know, whatever I'd seen. But there came a point in time when I realized I had to place my trust in God and I had to walk in obedience to Him and quit depending on the logical. Quit depending on my own understanding. I want to tell you this morning that we need to maintain our focus, and we need to, to find our strength in the Lord. We also need fellowship. A couple of scriptures, 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Encourage one another and build each other up. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Carry each other's burdens and you will fulfill the law of Christ. One of the great reasons why, why the church was founded by Jesus was to help each other out in times of weakness. We need each other. When I'm going through life's challenges, I, I do my very best to stay connected. The last thing I need, the last thing I want is isolation. I need people who will walk with me during tough times. See, I, I think that's what's been very dangerous about this last year. You can have your opinions the way you want to, but I'm going to tell you, it's a dangerous thing when we're going through a struggle to tell us all to stay away from each other. We need each other. That isolation is dangerous because when you become isolated, your imagination starts taking over and you start convincing yourself of all kinds of things that aren't real. Isolation can be a very dangerous thing. We need people to walk together with us when we're going through difficulties. We don't need to stay apart for long periods of time. I'm not saying we shouldn't have some, some isolation, but I'm going to tell you, too much of it's not a good thing. The next thing we need to do is we need to monitor the fire in our life. The scripture says, For you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You'll be telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, in the process of those disciples going everywhere and talking about Jesus, they went through a lot of trials. They went through tribulations. And the Holy Spirit gave them the power to overcome those obstacles so that they were able to accomplish their mission on earth. You know, I've never, I've never claimed to be a prophet. Never claimed to have a prophetic voice. But I want to tell you something, church, that God laid on my heart years ago. And I know I've told you this before, but I'm just telling you, you need to remember this. There's going to come a time when we're going to be living New Testament Christianity. We've been spoiled in this nation that our faith, by and large, has gone unchallenged and it's been tolerated. But the day's coming when you and I may have to take some stance. And we may have to really depend upon the Holy Spirit to help us and not only to give us strength but to give us some fortitude so that we'll do the right thing and not cower down to whatever's said to us and about us. And when that happens, it may not be easy. You may have to learn what endurance really is. I don't know of very many believers who have not at some point in time witnessed personally what it's like to be challenged because it happens, but the Holy Spirit is the fire in our life, and we've got to monitor that fire, make sure we still got that fire in our bones. We've got to monitor our frustration. Frustration could be a dangerous thing. When a person gets frustrated, they'll be tempted to do things they wouldn't normally do. I don't know of very many people who hadn't been frustrated at some point in time in their life. Maybe they, they were frustrated because of their problems. Everybody has problems. We all know problems are going to come our way. But, you know, sometimes when those problems come our way, we have this, we have this confidence, Lord, I will pray and that problem will flee. But sometimes that problem doesn't leave immediately. And when that problem doesn't leave immediately, 
you'll find yourself dealing with some frustration. It may be a problem that's with your finances. It may be a problem with your health. It may be a problem with your family. It may be a problem with your neighbor. It may be a problem with who knows what. But now I'm telling you, you got to be careful when you get frustrated. Sometimes you'll become frustrated because of people. You'll have disagreements. You'll have disappointments. And sometimes you'll even feel like you've been deserted by people. I really think Paul let us in on this little bitty secret right here when he talked about this. He made a simple statement that I think lets us all know what, what happens to us sometimes in life. He said, Demas has forsaken me. Demas has forsaken me. It's frustrating when you feel like people who said, I was right alongside of you, but you turn around and they're not there. When people who said they believe in you and they're on your side, they're on your team and they're fighting with you, and when you need them the most, they're not around. They forsook you. You've got to be careful about the frustration that comes along in those times because if you're not, eventually it'll affect your faith. It'll affect your spirit. Say, so, well, how do you know when you're frustrated? Well, the evidences of frustration aren't really too hard to identify. Anger when you want to quit, when you want to give up. Heard somebody say the other day that, and I don't know where this survey came from. I don't know who took this survey. I hope they're wrong. But they said 20% of all pastors that were surveyed said when this pandemic is over, they're leaving the ministry. They're quitting. They're frustrated. You can't give up. When you start experiencing low self-esteem, when you, when you feel a loss of self-confidence, when you're experiencing stress, when you feel sad or uncertain or depressed or anxious, when you turn to some kind of substance abuse or when you turn to some kind of internet abuse, when you engage in any kind of negative or self-destructive or addictive behaviors, you know you're struggling with frustration. You've got to monitor that frustration. You've got to be careful with it. You've got to monitor your fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. What he really means is there's been challenges. I've had to endure those challenges. There's been, there's been problems. There's been, there's been obstacles. There's been opposition, but I've endured them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to what Paul says. He said, we are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We've been persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We've been struck down, but we're not destroyed. What is he saying? He said, but we have endured a lot of things. We have fought this fight, and we still have our faith. You also got to monitor your failure. Everybody fails at some point. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody blows it. I think the ultimate example, biblical example of failure, has to be Simon Peter, doesn't it? Simon Peter came to the Lord when Jesus said to him, he said, you know, there's going to be a time when people are going to turn their back on me and leave. Peter said, I would never, I would never deny you. I would never, I would never give up on you. I would never give up my faith. Lord, you are, you are everything to me. And the first time opposition came his way, what did he do? He turned his back on Jesus. Now, we could look at Peter and say, shame on him. But every one of us have failed at some point somewhere. The good part about it is 
You don't have to live with your failure. You can rise up, and that's what Peter did. He rose up. He found himself being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He found his faith rekindled. He found new fortitude in the Lord. And eventually, Peter stood in his faith so much that he became a martyr for it. Tell you, monitor your faith. Don't let it get to your failure. Don't let it get the best of you. Sometimes things are not going to go according to plan. But don't lose faith. Not only in yourself, don't lose faith in other people. Don't lose faith in, in the Lord because when you lose faith and you, you give in to that failure, it has a way of having a potential outcome in your life that you really don't want. It's easy to lose hope when you failed. It's easy to lose your faith. But you can't do that. You've got to get up. Everyone who follows Jesus, everyone, needs spiritual endurance. Because sometimes life can be difficult. Sometimes life can be hard. And sometimes we can get weary in the midst of our walk. So what are some things that we must endure? According to the Scripture, and I'm going to give these to you real quick. You might want to write some of them down. If you want them later on, I'll give them to you. But the Bible tells us that it's important that we learn that we must endure temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 13. 2 Timothy 4, 5. We must endure hardships. 1 Peter 2, 19. We must endure sorrows. 2 Corinthians 6, 4. We must endure afflictions and distress. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 19. We must endure sickness. James 1, 3. We must endure the testing of our faith. Matthew 13, 21, we must endure persecution. Hebrews eleven twenty seven, we must endure the wrath of others. James 1, 2, we must endure trials. Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 7, we must endure the Lord's discipline. And 2 Timothy, we must endure sound doctrine. We must hold up under sound doctrine and not run from it. So what are the results of endurance? According to the Scriptures, when we have endured, when we have made it through those difficult seasons, it produces character. It produces hope. It produces completeness, maturity, salvation. It produces a harvest. You see, endurance doesn't just change the end result that you and I are looking for. It changes who we are in the best kind of ways. And we need that kind of endurance. I want to tell you this morning, Basically, in closing, that fear is a liar. Fear really is a liar. Frustration could be a liar. And what I mean by that is, when you and I are going through those difficult seasons that require endurance, and fear starts speaking to us different things, fear will tell us what you're going through. Nobody else is going through it. That you're alone in this thing, and somehow or another, your circumstances are unique because you're unique. But I want to tell you, every one of us goes through difficulties. Every one of us must have some endurance in our life. At some point in time, I don't know of anybody who at some point has just not said, I've had enough. I give up. I quit. Oh, but I'm spiritual. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but Elijah was spiritual. He was known as a prophet of power. But he sat underneath that juniper tree and he said, God, I've had enough. I just want to die. I'm tired of this. Moses said the same thing. God, I've had enough. Sometimes the going gets tough. 
And when it does, we must endure. We can't quit. And I want to tell you this morning, I really do want you to be excited about your faith. I want you to have those exciting moments. I, I want we come together for the Holy Spirit to move in your life and, and the Word of God to, to quicken your faith and encourage you and excite you. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to see you finish well. I want to see you endure. I'm committed to that. I'm committed to being honest with you enough this morning to say, Beloved, there's going to be times you're just going to have to hang in there. There's going to be times you can't give up. You may want to, but you just can't give up. You've got to stay the course. You've got to bear up under that load. Maintain your focus. Maintain your fight. You know, monitor your, monitor your, your fire in your soul. Monitor your frustration. Monitor your fellowship because all those things are important. More than anything else, understand that your strength is in the name of the Lord, the one who made heaven and earth, the one who said, I'll be with you always, and I'll be greater in you than anything else that you go through. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning, please? I want to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, all around this room, all around this room, are people that are going to face situations at some point that demands endurance. There's going to be days, Lord, that we're almost just going to want to give up. We're going to want to pull back. We're going to, we're going to, want to, we're going to think, what's the use? What's the use in obedience? What, what's the use in, in, in continuing on? But I pray may the Holy Spirit begin to shout in our ear, Don't be weary. You will reap if you don't give up. Lord, you said people should pray and not give up. Lord, you tell us in the book of Hebrews, we need endurance. Lord, all of us are in the middle of a season. At least we hope it's not the middle of it, but we're in a season, Lord, that's just required some endurance. I want to pray for endurance in our life today. For those days, Lord, that get difficult when opposition comes, when obstacles are there, when we're tempted not to obey, when we're tempted to give up, I just pray, Lord, may we hear that, that still small voice inside of us that said, but you're going to make it. I am with you, and I will strengthen you. I pray, Lord, for people in this room today that may be at that point in their life. Maybe they've, maybe they've come today and they're weary. Maybe they've come today and their strength is weak. And I pray, Lord, may this be the day when they experience the strength of God. May this be the day. Lord, from one side of this room to the other, from the front of this room to the back. Lord, I lift people before you, Lord, because we all need it. But I pray, Lord, for endurance in our life. For the strength of God, the glory of God, the joy of God that will help us to run this race with endurance, with patience, with joy. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. 
while we're still in the attitude of prayer. There may be somebody this morning who's either come to the service or maybe you're watching us today on live stream. I don't know how you may have tuned in to us today, but we're glad you did. Maybe today you've been struggling. Maybe, maybe you have yet to find your strength in the Lord. Maybe you've been trying to navigate your way through all these things that we've been going through, all the things you've been going through in your life. Because, I, you know, probably if we, if we all begin to tell our story today, we've all had some very, very difficult seasons. Maybe it's when you were a child. Maybe it's in a previous marriage. Maybe it's when you were in the hospital. Maybe an accident you had. You know, maybe a disease you've been battling with. I don't know. And maybe to this point you thought you could make your way through it. Maybe you haven't looked to the Lord. Maybe you even thought you could navigate your way through sin. Somehow or another you could find your way to heaven if you just did enough right things. But you can't. You can only do it through the Lord. And if you're either here in this room this morning or you're watching us on live stream, our prayer for you today is that you will give your heart to the Lord. You will look to Him. That you will experience Him as being your joy and your strength, your salvation. You say, well, Paul, how do I do that? How, how do I come into a relationship with Christ? How do, I, how do I know this Savior you're talking about, this strength that you're talking about? How do I find my salvation like you're talking about? You know, it's, it's really very simple. Sometimes we make it sound so hard, but it's really very simple. And it, it kind of goes like this. And if you're in the room this morning and you'd like to help out people around you by praying this prayer with me, I invite you to do that. But you pray a prayer like this. You say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son. And I believe that you were sent to save me, to give me a life that's eternal, but also a life that's abundant. And I failed you. I've sinned in my life. And the biggest sin of all is the sin of idolatry because I thought I was God and I thought I could work things out, but I can't. And this morning, I just humble myself before you and ask you to come into my life and forgive me and to help me, to give me the strength not only to live for you, but to be faithful. Give me that assurance of eternity. I really believe you're the Son of God. And I want to ask you to come into my life today and be my Lord and Savior. And I pray that prayer the simplest way I know how. And I ask you to do that. And I pray it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Church, I don't want you to give up. I'm committed. I'm committed to your endurance. That's why I share messages like I did today. I want you to make it. In every area of your life, don't give up on your ministry. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your friends. Just hang in there. Okay? Hang in. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. If God has touched your life through this ministry, we ask you to let us know. You can go to our website at k1church.com and click on the Contact Us tab. There you can leave us a message or prayer request. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with all that is happening at K1 Church.